Podcastle, episode 109, for June 19th, 2010. Watermark, by Michael Greenhut. Welcome to Podcastle. I'm Dave Thompson, and hey, you look a little surprised. I know, we're early this week. Hope you don't mind. We've got a special treat for you today, something of a bonus episode, and we'll be back on Tuesday with a new episode for you. Let me explain by taking you on a trip down Podcastle's memory lane. Back not that long ago when Anna and I were mere underlings in the dungeons of our forums. Rachel had left us a little bit of gruel and stale bread to munch on as we were playing wizard's chess, but had neglected to take her all-access breach internet pass with her on the way to the Oubliette. Anna got a hold of it and pointed everyone on the Podcastle forums to a story from Fantasy Magazine. Well, you know, we were young at the time and didn't have a slush pile, so I jumped all over it and clicked over to the link and, well, here we are now. That story was Michael Greenhut's watermark, the story you're about to hear. We've decided to present it all to you here as a bonus episode because, hey, you need more fantasy fiction in your life. If you're a father, you can think of this as our little Father's Day present to you, and if you're not a father, like most of you aren't, well, we love you more. As I mentioned, Watermark was first published in Fantasy Magazine and was written by Michael Greenhut. Mr. Greenhut has a double degree in computer science and creative writing. He currently lives in New York and pays the bills as a video game developer. His other fiction can be found at Greatest in Common Denominator, or Good. He's also working on selling a novel which acts partly as a sequel to Watermark, titled The Memory Graveyard. Your narrator for this journey is the lovely Amy Elk, a new reader for us here at Podcastle, but one I imagine we'll be hearing from more in the future. So, please give her a hearty Podcastle welcome, and if you see her twinkling, don't worry. That's what stars do. Also, check out amyelk.com where you can find her daily musings over at her Drawer Full of Dreams podcast. And also contact information so you can hire her for voice acting work. Now, please read this next part carefully and do not deviate from the instructions herein. And enjoy the story. Watermark by Michael Greenhut Dear Father, if you are reading this... Dariel murdered me. Though I am not your favorite daughter, you also know that I am not the type of 16-year-old to feign suicide for sympathy. For the moment, I ask only that you believe in my abilities as a threadkeeper. If my sorcery works, you can save me in your universe. If you are too busy to follow my instructions, you'll never see me again. In my timeline, I wrote this letter with your presumably grieving hands after you channeled me through a favorite memory. Naturally, Dariel was in the memory, too. We had surprised you with that golden fleece jacket for your 35th birthday. You hugged Dariel, and I hugged you both. Let's stay focused. Do you see the watermark on this paper? No, you didn't cry hard enough to make such a thing. The watermark means that Dariel drowned me in the river by Straw Girl's Point. Yes, the same point where she rescued me when we were small. A pity that threadkeepers can't swim. If you still think my sister is that pigtailed girl who used to shelter stray cats with every new moon, then I'm wasting my words. 
But if I have your attention, read carefully and I'll tell you what to do. Make haste. We are stalked by a demon called time. If you can trouble yourself to forego your morning ale, that would help things. I need you to remain sharp. Do not hunt for Dariel, for you will only chase shadows. Do not wait for us by the river, for you will only delay the inevitable or worse, become part of it. I will fall in the water at Straw Girl's Point and straddle the line between this world and the next. Odds are tipped against my survival, but precariously. As a thread keeper, I can instruct you how to nudge fate in my favor. Nobody knew why the founders of our village, all thread keepers, mind you, named that spot by the river Straw Girl's Point. Nobody has ever placed a straw girl there, but you will be the first to do so. I need you to build one in my semblance. Use seven hairs for my comb, my threadkeeper's cloak, and all the straw you can take from the barn. If you hurry, you can build it in twenty minutes. When you finish, carry it to Straw Girl's Point and plant it there. Bring a loaf of bread, but bless it with the harvester's prayer first. You can find that on the third page before the end of my spellbook. Once you've done all of that, read onward. You must burn the straw girl. Fire counters water in both the literal and the symbolic planes of existence. A burning semblance of me should lessen the probability that I will drown. Do not let the straw girl's head become ash, lest I escape my watery death for a plight even more dire. Once you salvage it, hang it on the crooked tree with webbed roots, but be sure not to get anything wet. After that, you will notice the crows. Break the loaf of blessed bread into crumbs and feed them. In my timeline and those that came before it, the crows ate my remains. If you appease them with the bread, they will not hunger for me. I can almost see you frowning. Don't try to wrap your head around the concept of symbolic rituals, Father. Just do as I say. Watch this letter as the crows eat. If the watermark vanishes, I will escape death in your timeline. I might even be home for supper. I'm sorry I can't offer more of a reward for your troubles than my own survival. If the watermark remains on this letter, the sorcery has failed and I will still drown. You must then burn the letter along with the ash from the straw girl's body. It will carry to the next parallel timeline below yours. Small comfort to me, smaller to you. Dear Father, if you are reading this page, at least one attempt has failed and the watermark remains. But if you haven't given up, neither have I. You are still at Straw Girl's Point. Hurry home. Remember the doll I made in the likeness of Dariel two years ago when I still idolized her? Oh, Father, I can almost see your face from behind these dead words, but don't worry. I avoid the dark arts of Ducharne like a drunk should avoid ale. Believe it or not... Sticking fiery pins into dolls is one of Dariel's talents, not mine. I want you to do something far more constructive. If the hearsay is true, Mother consumed jack-o'-lantern mushrooms while Dariel grew in her belly. She ate them because she saw that which you still ignore, the evil that would fester in Dariel's heart. You will find more jack-o'-lantern mushrooms freshly gathered beside my bed. Place nine of them in the small black kettle, then add enough water to make mushroom broth. Use the broth to wash the Dariel doll. This should awaken my sister's conscience, though not enough to deter her from pushing me into the river. 
She may, however, spell the current to make it more forgiving toward those who can't swim. You must continue to weaken Dariel's anger. As the water boils, go into her room and search the bottom of her closet. You will find a painting that she made of herself, four years old, holding me as a newborn. Speak to the painting. Don't mention me. Just tell her that she's your favorite daughter. That should be your easiest task yet. One last labor awaits you. Leave her closet and pull open the loose floorboard in the north corner. You'll find a bronze harp with neatly cut strings. It belongs to Jasra, the mute, Dariel's would-be lover. If that doesn't surprise your sharp fatherly instincts, perhaps this will. He plays for me, not Dariel. In the morning, before you wake, and after dusk, when you are so soundly asleep, he plays for me. Tie the harp strings together. It will play on its own. Jazra's favorite song. Backwards. You won't see the strings move. You'll only hear the song in your mind like those voices that sometimes startle you awake as you drift between dreams and reality. Let the harp play. Watch the watermark. Pray. If you're in the mood. Dear Father, if you receive this letter, I am alive. Before I might have said, thank you for your charity. Now I'll simply say thank you and charm this paper with a mental image. Do you see my smile? It's faint, but it's for you. Do I see you smiling back? Come now, you can do better than that. Yet, perhaps you should have let me drown. My last letter was a cry for help, but this one is a warning. Keep away from me and keep everyone else away. I am going to destroy innocent lives. I don't know how or when, but I don't want those lives to be yours. This is not something I can fight. It's written in the future memory of my feelings, memory that infected me like poison ivy as I climbed out of the river and breathed on my hands to keep warm. I am still scratching my skin. Once yours, Etenea. And welcome back. Wow, there's nothing quite like deception, is there? Nothing quite like the betrayal of someone you love and care about to leave you feeling violated and confused. It happened to me a couple weeks ago with someone who I considered a very good friend, and I still wonder why, wonder what to think or feel about it, because it still feels raw and painful. I know there was nothing I did that caused it, and yet... There's still a divide there, where there was once a friend who's just not around anymore. Like I said, it's out of my hands. So I've got to keep moving on, keep doing the best I can, and hope that maybe in some other thread of reality, my friend and I are reconciled. On a more upbeat note, I hope all the dads out there get a better Father's Day card from their children than this. Kind of reminds me of a college professor going on about Shel Silverstein's The Giving Tree. You can give everything you have, and it's never enough. Your children will always want more, even when you've been worn down to a stump. Or, you know, turn out to be the Wicked Witch of the West or an evil overlord, like in this story. 
There I go trying to be positive again. So, happy Father's Day. Feedback for a big anniversary episode, Podcastle 100, Will Ludwig sends remembrance is something like a house. The story of a house shambling through the countryside in the hopes of confessing a story. Consensus for this was generally enthusiastic, and overwhelmingly so regarding Wilson Fowley's narration. Swamp said, 100 episodes, woohoo, and the future looks bright. May Podcastle always fly high to shine with brightness, avoid the arrows cast, and drop regular leaflets filled with fun and adventure. Sounds good to me. Wood Menashe said, Fantastic 100th episode. I love the imagery of a house slowly crawling its way across the country, and the way people just seem to accept that an old house suddenly existed where no houses were before. Fire Turtle was so into it, he said, The story took me out of myself while I was driving around in the rain on a bad and frustrating day. Mission accomplished. Thanks, house. Thanks to everyone who commented on this one, and here's hoping we're able to get you a little lost again sometime soon. Like Tuesday. Feel free to shamble through the last hundred episodes or so in the meantime over at our forums. Just go to forum.escapeartist.net and weave your own path. You never know where you'll end up. Maybe Florida. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be back in just a few days when Erin Cashier practices all her alchemy and cuts off a few of my fingers in the alchemist's feather. Until then, I'm going to imagine you all smiling right along with me all the way until Tuesday and some better reality that we can make together. Podcastle is a production of Escape Artists Incorporated and is distributed on a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives license. Share it, but don't change it or sell it. Our theme music is by Shiva in Exile. You can find them at magnatune.com. You can discuss this episode of Podcastle or nearly anything else on our forums. Just visit forum.escapeartist.info. And if you like science fiction or horror, be sure to visit our sister podcasts, Escape Pod and Pseudopod. And if you enjoyed this episode, tell a friend or post to your blog about it or consider donating via the PayPal link on our site. John Mieville said, In time, in time they tell me I'll not feel so bad. I don't want time to heal me. There's a reason I'm like this. I want time to set me ugly and knotted with loss of you making me. I won't smooth you away. I can't say goodbye. Goodbye.